0: came to my mind, do not despise the day of small things. Now as you look at the Bible, you know, most of the important things in life were in the word is small. You have salt, very small, yeast, which is very small, Abraham, one person, Israel, small nation. God uses the small things. little things. You know. So that's the word of God. It says. Another thought which came to me was. If there are 50,000 people gathered. If there is no Jesus. It's of no use. But if two or three are gathered. And there is Jesus. It makes all the difference. So we have a promise from the Lord. He said, if two or three gather in my name, I will be there. Now who is this I? Not a human being. He's The king of kings, the lord of lords. Who said, I'll be there. Can you imagine Jesus being here? Through his spirit, he is here. So let us sit with expectation and ask him to speak to us. So shall we pray? Lord, we thank you Lord, for this day. We thank you for your promise. And we want to experience that promise. We don't want to hear a human voice, Lord. We want to hear your spirit speak to us. You know each one of us even better than we know ourselves. We pray that it will speak to us. Anoint me, Lord, with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was in the OP about two weeks, three weeks ago. There was this lady who came with aches and pains. So she had, you know, those who know a bit of medicine, she had all the features of low thyroid levels. Aches and pains, tiredness, um, you know, feeling sleepy a lot, a little bit constipated, her skin has become dry, etc. So I said, okay, you'll check your thyroid levels. Check the thyroid levels, came the next day, it's normal. Then I asked her, what's happening in your life? And she said, my husband is a very violent man. He drinks and he beats me and he beats my son and he abuses verbally my daughter. Two years ago, I tried to kill myself. I drank a liquid. I was admitted in the government medical college for five days she told me like this, I don't want to hang because hanging takes time. <clears throat> this is easier. Now, this is the reality of life. Life is hard, you know. Life is not easy. We live in a very beautiful world. Absolutely. God created a beautiful world. I was looking at the flowers that Mary has planted <laughs> outside our in our terrace. You know, adanium flowers. Beautiful pink flowers. It shows the beauty of God. And it shows the order that is in creation. It's beautiful. But it's also a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. You know that. We just have to look at the news, no? We know that. We look around. We see the brokenness in our world. Like the story. In our country of 1.3 billion, 1.3 billion people. So much of brokenness and we are seeing that. We also live with fallen angels, which is a reality. The fallen angels attack us. The fallen angels work against us. We start doing things for God, we draw closer to the Lord, what happens? Trouble increases, right? Suddenly you wonder, where did all this trouble come from? Suddenly at workplace, you get into trouble. Suddenly people who are very nice to us, frown at us and walk away from us. Suddenly we are hit by a hundred problems. And we know that there are fallen angels, the evil spirits which work against us. But as someone said, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And I was hearing, uh, reading somewhere. You know what's the meaning of that? The meaning is not the church is here, the gates of hell are coming against us and they won't prevail. We're keeping the way. No. As the church advances, the gates of hell shall not prevail. They have to move. Hallelujah. As we build this kingdom, as we take ground and say this Place belongs to Jesus. They have to move. They have to move. They shall not prevail. But there is a fight there. We also have the reality of a fallen self. And we look at us and say, My goodness, did I do that? (laughs) Did I say that? And there are moments when we see the wickedness of our hearts and we say, Oh my goodness. I claim to be a Christian. I have Jesus in me. And look at my heart. So, battles are there in life. And life can be hard. And it's easy for us to become negative. Life sucks, brother. I've had it. You know. So, the question is how do we live the way Jesus wants us to live in the midst of the hard? The knocks of life and the challenges of life. And I have quoted this verse before. John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. That's a great promise. Amazing. In the midst of a fallen world, a fallen self and fallen angels. And the battles of life. How can we live this life that Jesus has promised us? You know, so often there is a life inside and a life outside. The outside are the battles, the fights, and inside is which only we see. And sometimes we put this Facebook life. You no, know, everything is fine. Nobody puts negative things on Facebook, right? You all want to be light. And so, how are you, brother? I'm fine. You know, great things are going great. You know, is it really? And we have this life outside and this life inside. Now, how can we live with joy inside, in our hearts? Now, Jesus did not say that you will have a trouble-free life. No way has he said that. He doesn't say that in this world you will have a smooth life. What did he say? In this world you will have trials, troubles. Now, if we are happy... Or joyful. Only when everything is going well. What's the difference between us and the world? If you are happy and having joy when there is no problem. Then we don't need faith, right? We can live like anybody else. Have a big bank balance. Nothing is going wrong. Happy. But as somebody said. The quality of grapes comes out when you squeeze it. The good and the bad might look the same outside. But when you take the good one and squeeze it, nice juice comes. When you take the bad one and squeeze it, the bad stuff comes out. And so these trials might show what the state of our real life is. But he has promised us joy. Joy. He's promised us the power to overcome, the strength to face challenges and we can have it. We can live it. He said when you walk through the waters, I will be there. When you go through the fire, I will be there. But what happens to us is we often say, oh there is a water and there is a fire and we miss Jesus. We don't see him standing there saying, Hey, I'm with you. Don't worry. Fear not. I am with you. We see Peter walking on the sea, you know, walking on the water. He was okay as long as his eyes were fixed on. Jesus. So look at Jesus. He's walking on water. My goodness. No human being has done this before. You know. He's walking. And then suddenly what happened? He looked at the waves and he started sinking and that can happen to us because the storms will come, the fire will come but we must say where is Jesus and we look at him and then we can walk with joy but often we would rather be on the shore no, there's a red sea, there's enemy coming see I can't go forward and I get scared but the Lord is saying, come, step forward. I'll make a path for you. And there will be water on both sides. But you'll be walking through the sea. And he holding our hands. And that's the kind of life that he wants us to walk. Because the thought came to me a few weeks ago. If we are not overwhelmed by Jesus, we will be overwhelmed By the problems of this world. See, God has has called us to India. A difficult land in many ways. And there is a lot of need. There is a lot of brokenness. But if my eyes are not on Jesus, if he doesn't completely overwhelm me, the problems of India and the needs of India will overwhelm me. I'll say, oh my goodness, this is wrong, that is wrong. Here is a problem. Where do I start? Nothing is working, etc., etc. But if my focus is on, hey, here is Jesus, then we can have the joyful life. And then Jesus becomes real. I remember an incident happened when I was working in a mission hospital in a place called Umri in Maharashtra, close to Nagpur. This was years ago, soon after I finished my MBBS. I was the only doctor in the hospital. I was staying in that uh, quarters. And about five in the morning, I heard a vehicle going inside to the hospital. And in my spirit, it's not even my mind, in my spirit I knew this is a patient with snake bite. Don't ask me how I knew it, but I knew it. I had a small handbook of medicine. I took that. I read how to manage snake bite poisoning. I just finished. I'm a fresh graduate. My experience is very less. I read it up. I got a call saying patient has come. I went there. It was a patient with snake bite. Two days before that, one government official had come and given some anti-snake venom injections and said, keep this. You might need it. So I'm going there completely at peace knowing that Jesus is leading me. So this man has come, he is in shock. I'm trying to start an IV line, not able to get it. And he was bitten by the snake two days ago. Brought from some village. So I'm getting angry, you know. Why did this fellow have to come now? I'm cursing him inside and trying to start the line. And the Lord gently told me, What are you doing? You're supposed to be helping this man. Why are you cursing? I couldn't see any veins. I'm trying to start a line. Then I said, I confessed. I said, Lord, forgive me. And I just poked blindly and it went into your vein. (laughs) Praise God. This man survived. The presence of Jesus, the presence of Jesus makes all the difference wherever you are. Because life on earth is for a purpose. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And you remember you read in Mark three fourteen, he says he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send him out, send them out to preach. It's first to be with him. To be with him. The purpose of life is to be with him and to become like him. We need to have both. As we are with him and as we walk with him and as we do what he wants us to do, we must also become like him. Become like him. We read that the, uh, what happens when you are with him. No, He says we will have the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit says love, joy, peace, etc. He doesn't say that when everything is okay, you will have joy. Did he say that? If you abide in him, we'll have joy. If I have lost my joy because of the troubles around, it's not because Jesus has gone away. If I have lost my joy, it's not because he is moved away. It's because I am not abiding in him. Because I am not abiding in him. So when the troubles of life hit us, our response should not be, oh, fire and water, this is terrible. But Lord, where are you? I want to abide in you. I want to walk with you in the midst of this. I want to look at 2 Corinthians 2.14 where it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I want to share three principles to have a life of fullness and joy. Number one, be thankful to God. Be thankful to God. It's to have a heart of thankfulness. Always. Be thankful. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18 it says, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Now there are only a few places where it's in the Bible where it says this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus. We usually ask God. You know Lord. What kind of career should I choose? Where should I work? Whom should I marry? All those questions we ask. We want to know the will of God. But here is something God is saying. Anywhere you are. Whatever is happening. In everything. Give thanks to God. For this. Is the will of God in Christ Jesus? This is one area where God's will is clear. To be thankful, and I'm not talking about positive thinking here. I'm not think, talking about seeing a silver lining for every situation. Sometimes there is no silver lining. Sometimes only a dark cloud. I'm not thinking of talking about being naive. It's okay. Everything will be fine. K zara zara, you know, like that. No. I am not talking about like that. I am sure what I am saying is that in the midst of the darkness look at the one reality which doesn't change and that is the throne of Jesus. Whatever may be the situation whatever may be the challenge his throne is unshakable unchanging unchanging and we can say he is sovereign. I don't know why I am going through this. I don't know what is happening. But Jesus is on the throne. And we need to make this a habit. And I have been reading a book on habit. And my family says, oh, he keep talking about this book. It's a book called habit. Habits, which I am reading. It's an amazing book. It's a secular book, but it's an amazing book. And it t- talks about how habits are built in life. And they have done studies on the human brain. And they have found that when you do make a, something a habit, there are actually changes happening in the brain. And over time, your brain actually changes. So we need to make the habit of being thankful. And one practical way to do it is as you get up in the morning, take a book and write, Lord, these are the things I want to thank you for Yesterday. Make a list. I had a quiet time. I had nice food. I had just enough money to pay that. Whatever. But every day, write. In a today morning, I wrote about 15 things I had to thank God for. It uplifts your spirit. Every day, make it a habit to thank God. Because, you know, we often only look at the negatives in life. (laughs) But in the midst of every situation you can thank God. Now I've been thanking God repeatedly for the rains we've been getting. No, Doesn't look like Velu, right? <laughs> the places become so green. So we need to make it a habit. Make a thanks journal. A gratitude journal. And somebody said, you know, one person used to do it like this. He'll take small stones and write, when something happens, write on it and stick it on the stone and put it in a jar. And when he used to feel low, he will take and read. Hey, this happened, I remember. Three years ago, I was stuck. I didn't know how to prepare for the exam. And the Lord took me through. Praise God. Another one. This will help us in life. We can look back and see how the Lord has led us. And we can have a life of thanksgiving. When doubts come, when questions come, we can look back and say, Lord, you've been amazing. You've been amazing. So the first one is to make, choose to be, choose to have a habit of gratitude. As someone said, do not blame the darkness. We often say, you know, this is wrong, that is wrong, this is not working light a candle and say, Lord, I thank you that you brought me here. You, know, you must have heard of Amy Carmichael. Heard of Amy Carmichael? She was a missionary who lived in Tamil Nadu for many years. Amy Carmichael as a small girl had brown eyes and she was very upset because nobody there among her friends had brown eyes and she was saying, why do I have brown eyes? And later when God brought her to India, she realized that this is one of the things that made life easier for her. So we might sometimes thank God without understanding. But we need to thank God in every situation. The second thing that verse says is, who always leads us. Who always leads us. God is not there with us some of the time. He is there all the time. Always. As we sing, you know, God is good. All the time. It is easier to say that, praise God, sing when things are going fine. When everything is good. But the throne of heaven has not moved. He is still there. And so we need to believe, have the conviction that he is right there we must believe that remember John the apostle John when I was hearing somebody sharing about a message he heard in a church in the US talking about John on writing revelation now John was the last apostle left everybody else is killed the church is getting decimated scattered the powers are against them the ruling king wants to finish them off And he's been put in this island alone. You can imagine how he would be feeling. What's happening? Life is gone. Terrible. And at that point, in one of the lowest points in his life, he gets a vision. He gets a vision of what is reality. He gets a vision of heaven. And the throne of God. Right there in that island. Because when he saw that, he realized, hey, it's not all gone. Jesus is saying, look, John, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm not gone. I'm here. And this is reality. Heavens. That my throne. I'm the king. And I'm here. We read in Revelations one seventeen. it says, And when I saw him... I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, <clears throat> saying to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus telling him, Look, no, it's not all over. I am here. You know, one of the most unbiblical prayers is Lord, be with me. Because he said, I'll be with you always. So it's unbiblical to say, Lord, be with me as I go. He is with you. What you should pray is, Lord, help me to experience that you are with me. Help me to understand that you are with me. That is a biblical prayer. Because the Lord said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. To have a full life, we must live with the conviction that the Lord is there. I may not see Him, I may not sense Him, I may not understand what is going on, but I trust Him, that He is there. A couple of years ago, we had a couple from the U.S. There's this doctor and his wife. They had come to for an elective in CMC. So I met them the evening they met. Uh, they came, and this guy said, "I lost my phone." He had bought a new iPhone. They were both going on an auto. And he left his phone in the auto. Velo town, you leave a phone in the auto, you know what can happen. This fellow is saying it is a new phone. What to do? I said, all right. Eight o'clock in the night, I get a call in my house. Is this uh, Sunil Abraham's house? He said, yes. Did someone call this, lose a phone? I said, Yes. I have the phone with me. Wow. What happened was this guy, these people, they got off. It became a share auto. So two people got into the auto. One was a nurse, the son of a nurse who works in CMC. This guy took the phone, went home. It's locked. iPhone locked, you know. He cracked it. He opened it. <laughs> because, you know, there are guys in Velour who can crack an iPhone code, Right. He opened it, checked, saw the email, Sunil Abraham, CMC Velo. told his mother, she called me, he got the phone back. Praise the Lord. That's God. Mary has a story. She lost her purse, which had a credit card, everything, on the roadside and didn't know about it. Correct? Till somebody called and said, I got your card. <laughs> I think it was like, do you want to tell the story? Do you know?
1: Is it Okay. No, I had to, um, actually Sunil had back pain and he was on the bed and my nephew was coming from Kerala and the train got cancelled so he had to get a bus and he was reaching Vellore by five fifteen, five thirty a.m. So morning I was hurrying, all the plans were changed, I was going to the green circle to pick him up and in a hurry because we realized that the bus has already reached there and he is first time coming. He a 12th grader, 10th grader and we didn't want him to be alone so I was hurrying to go and I left a, my purse on the top of the car and I started driving. I didn't realize the car, purse was there and I didn't know that that was happened also. Evening by 6 o'clock somebody is calling me and asking me, are you Mary John and uh, did you lose your purse? Then only I realized I have lost my purse. That purse had all my credit cards. There was a earring which is gold, and uh, maybe around thousand two thousand rupees also. <laughs> and this person came when they came to the where we are staying rehab and gave it back. So what has happened is this was on the car, and somewhere near after Jhandi Bakery, it fell from the car down to the road. And this lady's husband was going working early morning. He, she was leaving at fi, he was leaving at 5:15 on the road. He something got stuck into his moped. He stopped it, and this was at my purse. He took it. He went for work, and he realized that the card is there, and I'm from CMC. So he came back in the evening and gave it to his wife. And this wife, he didn't want to call me because he thought if I called me, the number was written there, like I won't pick up. So he gave it to the wife. In the evening, he she called me, and she returned it so praise god
0: <laughs> sometimes we give angels extra work no where to drop that purse and who should get which mop and he should get stuck praise god that's how god works that's how god works he is there you know he is there so the second thing is always trust the lord he is there that's all i need to know he is there the third thing says always leads us to have a life of joy and fullness. be led by Jesus always. always. There are two ways to live. One way to live is push the door open, charge forward. I look at what are the options? one, two, three, four, five, which is the easiest option, the most cushy one. Okay, I'll choose that. There are some things coming in between. I'll push that away. Maybe put somebody down, push the door, and go forward. That's one way to life. I'll come to church on Sunday. I will read the Bible every day. I will not allow the Bible to read me. <coughs> that is different, that's difficult. But I will read the Bible. I will give money for your work, Lord. You know, it's the best return on investments. The economy is down. You have said, if I give you, you will give, open heaven and give. It. Hey, so I'll give money for your work. But Lord, you know, um, Lord, can I call you Lord? (laughs) If I call him Lord, I have to obey him, right? That's a bit difficult. But Jesus, you know, you you stay there. This is my life. I will pray your name. I will sing praises to you. All those things I will do. But Lord, this is my life. You know, I will say, you are the king of kings. Lord of lords. Lord, India needs Jesus, you know. Please do something. It's a terrible place, you know. You want me to do something about it? Come on, Lord. You know, I have made all these plans. (laughs) That's how we sometimes take Jesus. There are all these plans. Please, stamp. Done. That's not the kind of life He calls us to live. In fact, it's scary when Jesus is saying, you call me Lord, Lord, but I do not know you. That's scary. There are people who said, Lord, you know, we cast out demons, we prophesied, we did miracles in your name. I don't know you. Scary. Scary. But His promise, joy. And so we push our way through and live our life and then we run into trouble. And he said, why da? <laughs> that song goes, no? Yeah, kolavari, kolavari da. Why? Why all this? <laughs> why I am in trouble? <sighs> that is the way we live. So, it is a hard path, but it is a joyful path. The path that Jesus calls us to walk We are hearing uh, at Shiloh. This is a Shiloh teacher yesterday. The house of God is built on sacrifice. Without sacrifice, there is no building the house of God. And he calls us to do that. To say, not my will, but yours be done. And we'll have joy in the midst of that. But we should be willing to let go. There is a second way to live. Allow Jesus to go in front of you, open the doors, make the path and you follow him. Certainly easier to do. Because nothing can stand in his way. No power on earth. No power of hell. Nothing can stand in front of his will for our lives. But we must say, Lord, I want to do your will we should not let the wisdom of the world blind ourselves to the wisdom of God. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. You know, But where do we go for wisdom? Let's Google it, man. <laughs> is that how we find wisdom? Here is the one, the most intelligent person in the whole universe. And he's also the one who created the universe. And he says, I will give you wisdom. What does James 1 five say? Says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask. He will give, not limited, unlimited. And I will also give you the power to do that. And it's free of cost. No charges. It's like somebody coming and saying, I will give, I'll be a financial advisor. And i will also give you the money to invest. All that you need. That's what Jesus is offering us. I created the universe. From eternity to eternity, I am God. I am the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I have all the resources. I will guide you. I will instruct you and teach you. Guide you with my eye. And we say, wait, wait, wait Lord. You know, I think I should ask some wise people. And you get into trouble. You say, but brother, you don't have to be practical, you know. Gotta be practical. And you block the wisdom of God. I think the basic question we need to ask is how real is Jesus to me? Is he really Jesus? Is he just a character in a nice book called the Bible? Is he just someone who says, Oh yeah, read the Bible, he read amazing miracles. Yes, he did amazing things. Is he just that? He's worked in others' lives, but what if it doesn't work for me? Well, it worked for that brother, praise the Lord, great. It worked for many others in the past. But if I follow him, you know, if it doesn't work for me, what do I do? There is only one way to find out. Try him. There is no other way to find out. Only one way to know whether he is able to keep it. When we say, my times are in your hands. I was talking to someone called, his name is Berry, He's from southern Tamil Nadu. So as a as a kid, Barry knew that he was going to the missions. So he wanted to become a doctor, but he just missed his marks. So he did occupational therapy. Then he worked in CMC for a short time, like an internship for a year. He applied to Emanuel Hospital Association in missions. They didn't have a job. He applied to Christian Fellowship Hospital, Lord Chitram They didn't have a job. He applied to CMC because they had advertised for a job. He was first on the waiting list. And so he said, Oh my goodness, what is happening? Then he applied to leprosy mission. And in, in the meantime, he's getting a lot of job offers from abroad. Come, you got a great job, great package, come and work. But he didn't feel that is God's plan. So he took the job from leprosy mission, and that day he's packing and leaving. He got the job offer of CMC Valor. Please come and join. What should he do? What do you think he should do? CMC Velous looks so secure. He's in Tamil Nadu, big hospital. The Lord said, go to leprosy mission. So he went. After working there in Nasik for a couple of years, he got the opportunity to go for training, to do a master's in a central government institution. And leprosy mission sponsored his studies. Towards the end of the course the director of the institution called him and said I don't recommend many students but there is a job where you will be like an advisor to the United Nations you will be making policies I want to recommend you he said sir no I made a commitment to work with leprosy mission I'm going back they thought he was crazy he is now working in Ayodhya, of all the places in India. There's a leprosy mission hospital there. 30 bedded hospital, about 20 kilometers from where the temple is. But you should see the joy on his face. He's married to a pediatrician. They're living there, working there. That is joy. Of knowing that you are doing what God wants you to do. <clears throat> I think it's um, uh, Jim Elliot who said, being in the center of the will of God and knowing it, is nothing like it. There's nothing like it. As we go on to that verse, so we saw three things which will help us to live a life of joy and fullness in the midst of the battles of life. One, practice the habit of gratitude. To be convinced that Jesus is there. Number three, make a commitment to be led by Jesus. You know that verse goes on to say, through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We need to ask ourselves, what are we diffusing through life? Is it a fragrance? Or do people say, It stings when you come near us. The life that we are called to live as we yield to Jesus and go wherever he wants us to go is to spread the knowledge of Jesus as his fragrance. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you knew each one of us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. Your word tells us and we believe it. And Lord, you picked us up from the miry clay, from the gutter. You lifted us up. You gave us new life. And we thank you, Lord. Your word tells us that you know the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper, to give us a future and a hope. But we also know, Lord, Those plans are conditional. And so we yield ourselves to you. We pray that you will fill us with your spirit. That the spirit of the sovereign Lord will be upon us. That father we will fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith that will fight the good fight with Jesus, the commander of the army we have enlisted. We thank you, Lord. We commit all of us into your hands. We remember <coughs> Charles and Eunice and the children, Lord. We commit them into your hands. Help them, Father, to be refreshed. And, Father, we pray that you bless them, that they will be a blessing the Lord next. Speak to them and anoint them with respect. In Jesus' name,